720 WGN. This is Chicago's Afternoon News. Thank you for listening. I'm Lisa Dent, Steve, Mary, Kevin. We're all here. And on the phone is Dr. Kenneth Furton. And doctor, you are doing some amazing research. And this is something that you've been doing for about 25 years. Am I right about that? Yes, that's correct, Lisa. I love dogs. And I think they're the most amazing (laughs) creatures. But being able to detect COVID is taking it to a new level. In the past, we have heard and we mentioned text messages from people who had cancer detected by dogs. And, and of course, they can predict when seizures are coming. That's why service dogs are such a, a great asset for people who need them. So when did you start the study about dogs or, you know, finding out if dogs could detect the biomarkers for COVID? And when did you put them into action? Yeah, so we actually started the work um, uh, late in 2020 when the when COVID-19 first uh, broke out, because we'd been doing this work for about 25 years in different areas, including, as you mentioned, you know, with medical detection and um, including seizure detect- detector dogs. And then um, so it took a while to, to do enough studies or enough uh, replicates to measure the accuracy and reliability and publish the work. So it's only been in about the past year that we've been able to you know, do deployments at different locations. This is Dr. Kenneth Furton. He is the professor of chemistry and biochemistry at Florida International University, 25 years working with all kinds of detector dogs. And that got put into use pretty quickly because there are music artists like Eric Church or Metallica that now have these dogs on tour with them. I see they're being used in schools uh, to kind of scan lunchrooms and have accurately identified that children sitting in a specific spot we're positive for COVID. So how many dogs do you think are in use right now being used to detect COVID? Uh, unfortunately, not a lot. Um, part of that, I think, is because, the you know, the, the studies hadn't been out there to look at the reliability um, of the dogs. So, you know, I would say it's, you know, probably um, in, you know, maybe in the tens of numbers rather than uh, hundreds, which Really, there's a, a capacity to increase the number. But right now, it's been on a limited basis in a number of locations. Compared to the dogs that you've worked with that can, you know, detect cancer, or maybe I understand they could go into a field and detect a crop disease before a farmer might see it, or there might be some other way to find out about it. How how quickly did you recognize that they were able to sniff out COVID? I mean, was it and, and how accurate is it? Yeah, so what happens with, in fact, uh, two of the dogs that we trained, we did um, uh, our initial uh, study that we published had four uh, COVID-19 detector dogs. And two of the dogs we had previously trained for Laurel Wilt, which had uh, wiped out about a quarter of the avocado industry here in uh, uh, South Florida. And uh, normally you can train a dog to about 90% accuracy. And we found that these dogs are actually able to be trained to about 97.5% accuracy, uh, which is really remarkable. It's one of the highest uh, detection rates I've ever seen with uh, in the work that I've been doing over, the, over more than 20 years. That's amazing to me. So <laughs> what I, I I get how you probably get to that point, but what is it that they're, they're sniffing for? Yeah, so what we did was we uh, worked with a local hospital and got face coverings from patients uh, from Baptist Health here that were um, admitted to the hospitals that had COVID and those that did not have COVID. And they just wore the, you know, the disposable face coverings that, that people are wearing. 
And then uh, they would uh, we would take those face coverings, shine ultraviolet light on it. That's called UVC. It kills the virus, but the odor's still there. We confirmed in the lab that the odor remained. And then we just trained the dogs on those those face coverings. And then when we deploy them, it works the same way. When somebody just takes their face covering off, holds it down by their side, the dog doesn't have to touch the mask, just gets close to it, and they will alert, um, like I say, with over 97% accuracy if the odor of COVID-19 is there coming out of the breath of the person. This is Dr. Kenneth Furton, professor of chemistry and biochemistry at Florida International University. So basically, most of your career has been dedicated to dogs and what they can detect. What is a dog's ability to smell versus a human's ability? How, how much better are they? Oh, it's, uh, it, it varies depending on the, the odor, but they're, uh, they have um, many more olfactory receptor cells, and they're uh, normally like thousands of times more accurate. Um, they have like 50 times more olfactory cells, but much more efficient sampling apparatus. And they're also much more selective, so they can detect an odor in the midst of a you know, wide variety of other chemicals that are present. So one of the analogies would be if, um, like, if you a drug detector dog can still smell the drugs if it's even embedded in coffee. So what we smell is just the coffee, but the dogs smell the odor they're trained to within that, that huge background of, of different chemicals that are present. So now that you've done the research and you know with up to 97% accuracy that these dogs can detect COVID, what next? You said, you know, there's not even 100 of them out there. When do they start being, you know, used across the nation? Yeah, so we're doing, uh, we, we actually did our first certification of COVID-19 detector dogs. So uh, here at Florida International University, we have a, a certification program through our Global Forensic and Justice Center. And so we were able to work, for example, with an agency up in the Massachusetts area in a Boston school district. And they trained uh, two of their dogs along the same procedure that we had published. And then we went up there and certified those COVID dogs, and they're deploying them in classrooms uh, to be able to detect rather than everyone having to leave, say, from a school. They might just close down a classroom or maybe a, por- a portion of the classroom because the dogs can, can pinpoint that. They've also used them in prisons, um, and we've used them here at, on our campus uh, to screen areas, uh, especially, you know, large classrooms or the student union, and then we can do disinfection if, uh, if there's a large amount of the COVID-19 odor found present, or if a person is, is uh, alerts, then we do a, a PCR test to confirm the dog alert, and then if, if need be, the person you know, needs to go home. And what about dogs getting COVID? I mean, we've seen big cats get COVID. Is that an issue when they're out there doing this work and trying to sniff out COVID? Is there, uh, is there an issue where they might contract it themselves? Uh, there's always that possibility. So interestingly enough, when we first started doing this work, we had the dogs wear uh, face coverings because they can wear them just like we're wearing them. They don't like them very much, just like we don't, But mm-hmm. um, so that we protected them with that. But it's probably only been, I think, in the entire world, maybe 12 or 15 dogs um, that have been identified that have COVID symptoms. And uh, they and they typically, you know, uh, recover. So when you think of, you know, all the uh, canines in the world, it's, it's a relatively low risk. Um, we haven't seen any of our dogs in the work that we've done uh, contract COVID. Um, actually, cats, like you mentioned, are actually more susceptible to COVID-19 than, than the canines. 
but that we make sure that with the procedures that we develop, the dog doesn't actually get uh, close enough to the mask to likely uh, pick up the virus off the mask and um, and then so that we keep them a bit of a distance away from the individuals to, to minimize that risk. Dr. Furton, I know that this is a story that has thrust you into the public spotlight because obviously people are talking about it. And I know that your research is well respected. But what's what's coming up next? What are you working on now? So next, uh, um, I actually am part of a, a national working group where we're developing national standards for it's, it's called for dogs and sensors. So it's not only how how should you train and certify and deploy uh, dogs, but how can you put them in combination with, with sensors and, and, you know, uh, tests and so forth. So I think the next level is looking at increasing uh, the use of these dogs in uh, different settings. As you mentioned, they've, they've been used in, uh, you know, like concert settings. And um, I think there are areas that really have not even been explored, such as the cruise industry. Uh, I'm, I'm booked on a cruise a little later this year and people are nervous about cruise ships, but I could see having uh, COVID-19 detector dogs screening people going onto the cruise ship and even having the dog on the ship so that they could, if there were an outbreak, they could pinpoint the area and prevent the spread. Um, and of course, even beyond COVID-19, you could train dogs for other diseases that could potentially spread, you know, on a ship or in a, in a crowded area. So yeah. I think there's this is really the tip of the iceberg in terms of application. Absolutely. It looks like you've got another 25 years to work on this. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it seems like it. <laughs> yeah, your work will never be done. Well, thank you so much for calling Chicago's Afternoon News. We appreciate the conversation. My pleasure, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity.